Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome back to Love Yourself Fiercely. This is episode two of season four and our first guest of season four. Samantha Louise is here, and I'm so excited to have this conversation with her. She is a leadership cultivator who empowers our future young women leaders to discover a new way to lead using the powers of biological science, epigenetics, whole bottle whole bottle, whole body wellness, and the power of story to transform their world. Samantha's mission is to help young women design personal ecosystems through biocognition that rewrite societal's unwritten rules and cultural expectations so they can become natural born leaders. Samantha, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to visit. Me too. So I would love if you would share in your own words, your journey to self-love and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I grew up, I'm a small town farm girl. So I grew up with um, a relatively uh, harsh culture in some ways, right? Where everything is about uh, putting the land, putting animals, putting everybody in your community before yourself. Mm-hmm. So from a young age, even though I had a, a beautiful childhood and great experiences learning love and hard work and <laughs> the value of, of what where hard work can take you in the world, um, I started to realize in my teenage years and young adulthood that there was something else missing in my life. When I started to get into yoga and meditative practices at the end of my high school age, kind of in my life, um, I would go to classes and I would leave just feeling like I was on a different planet. Mm-hmm. Like I had just had some out of body experience, but I didn't know what that was. I didn't know exactly what it was doing for me. And so even into young adulthood and in my early professional years, I was burning myself out just in this cycle of work as hard as you can, get sick. And that's the only time you ever rest because you have to. So I got to a point where I realized um, I loved the essence of what I was doing, which was education uh, well-being advocacy kinds of stuff as a teacher and then later on in healthcare innovation. Um, but the way that I was doing it was all wrong for me. <laughs> I think it's wrong for a lot of people um, just because of the toll that it takes on the mind, body, and soul. So I realized that for for the first chunk of my life, a lot of what I was doing was to meet expectations of other people to make amends or make happy (laughs) other people in the world around me and and prove how much I knew and how much I could do how smart I was how good I was at it Uh, but the whole time I was like in the background searching for something that would slow down my mind start to like dissipate the voices that I was always hearing (laughs) of that's not good enough you better do it better next time and just like even though it's so precise questioning every single little thing about me about my work about how I showed up into the world and got to a point where that wasn't doable anymore Mm-hmm. And even as we're talking today, this just the idea of self-love, self-care, self-valuation, um, it's 
still hard. It doesn't matter. I I don't think it's going to matter how far I go into this journey. I'll continue to have pivotal moments of growth, but there are still the messages that come through from culture and society that tell us maybe we're not worth taking care of ourselves like that or it's selfish. There it is. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And, you know, I love your story because I think it resonates so, so deeply for probably most of us that the more we do, the better we are, the more we exchange of ourselves, the more we're accepted these beliefs, um, that our achievements make us worthy, that proving ourselves makes us valuable. And, quite frankly, it's all just bullshit, right? At the end of the day, we grow up, we're grown ass women. And we're like, why do, why do I feel like this? Why, Mm -hmm. you know, I've done everything I'm supposed to. And then some, and then some, (laughs) right. And I'm tired. I'm resentful. I'm disappointed. I'm burnt out. I'm unfulfilled. There's no joy. I don't know what makes me happy because I've never thought about that before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's never been about me. It's always been about you know, the external validation of life. And then what we get to a point where we just can't do it anymore. And Mm -hmm. I also really love that you said there are still seasons. I talk about this all the time. It does not matter how far on the journey you are. We are human beings living a human experience. And there are going to be seasons of our real life that are difficult and are Mm going to really challenge any progress of self-love and self-discovery, self-evolution that we've been on, where we're so highly triggered by our inner child that, you know, that, that desire to please, that desire to be perfect, that desire to fight, that desire to run away, that desire to whatever our coping strategies have become over our life. They're like at the forefront. And it's like, I'm gonna just pack my bag and burn my life to the ground. I'll see you in the next one. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Totally. And I'm go ahead. ahead. I was going to say the, the other thing that I find really amazing is um, I think in, in American society right now, words like burnout and self-care and self-love have been made so sexy Mm -hmm. and so cliche uh, that it's like cool to talk about it. And then if you are actually experiencing it, right. If you're, You wake up in the morning and you can't get out of your bed and you're in bed just existing, trying to exist for a day or two or four or whatever. Um, That's not like going out to get our fingernails painted isn't going to help change that. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. So many conversations I've been having lately are about breaking down the trendiness of these terms and Mm -hmm. bringing back the reality, the gravity of what that actually means to people who are struggling. And I, the, the word, the words self-love are so misused Mm -hmm. that it actually infuriates me. Like for the world to be running around, the health and fitness world runs around and says, if you work out, you love yourself. If you yes. eat healthy, you love yourself. The, um, you know, the, the, the 
body, body love community is like, if you accept your body, you love yourself. And it's like, wait a second. If you have a bath in Bali, you love yourself. You get a manicure, you love yourself. If you take a bath, you love yourself. And that's not Mm self-love. That's acts of self-care. Yeah. Right. All of those things are like giving yourself a hug and finding level of acceptance, a level of acceptance when in reality, self-love is, is full and true acceptance of all parts of you, mm-hmm. all parts yeah. of you, the parts you are proud of the parts you are not proud of the moments in time that you've made mistakes, the moments in time that you've found yourself in excellence, the moments in time where you picked yourself off the floor and realized how strong you were. And the moments in time you fell on the floor, like all of that is full acceptance of who we are. And that is learning to truly love and embody acceptance of who we are. There's a lot of shit that I've done in my life that I'm not proud of. There's a lot of seasons of my life that I held shame forever. And it wasn't until I could bring those pieces of myself to the forefront, bring awareness to them, find acceptance of them, self-forgiveness, self-compassion, that I could really, truly end that cycle of shame, guilt, resentment, self-hatred, self-loathing, self-sabotage, mm-hmm. right? A manicure wasn't doing it for me. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> for the rest of the day. Go- yeah. Right? It's not making it go away. Yeah. It's just a band-aid for an hour. Mm -hmm. And so I love that we're having these conversations where we're breaking down the narrative and same with burnout and same with self-care. It's like, this is deeper than I'm going to show up on Instagram and say, I love myself today, or it's a day of self-care. And also a lot of those women that are doing that have unlimited means to create extraordinary experiences, which make normal us feel like shit. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Which perpetuates the Absolutely. cycle. Yeah. And I love and adore really successful women showing what's possible. And I also remember a life where it wasn't possible. And so yes. I hover somewhere in between of like, I want to expand you and see what's possible for your life. Should you desire it? Should you encompass that journey? Should you want to extravagant lifestyle? And also I want to normalize that if you can't afford a massage from someone who doesn't put it through your work benefits, that's literally most of the population. Mm-hmm. That's very Absolutely. normal. Yes. <laughs> you yes. Know? So I'd love to hear your perspective on my very dramatic take of that. <laughs> well, I will say it's not, <laughs> not dramatic to me because the same thing happens. I, I see different phrases I see different imagery and I get the same response I I get angry also mm-hmm. and it's taken me a long time to to learn to just step back and say um this doesn't have to be a fight as long as I can get my message and my voice out there I love what you just said uh about I mean when when I was listening to you I see this opportunity for women to explore all kinds of different solutions. Mm-hmm. So it's not about setting up an experience where they they try um, they try the superficial things for five days and then hope that it'll carry them through for the next year. 
Mm-hmm. It's about trying a variety of journaling activities, trying uh, different meditative techniques, trying different body therapies, but things that you do yourself, you guide yourself through the experience because I mean, even if you have someone facilitating it initially, you have to develop your own practice. That's all there is to it. And, and, and that's not about me as your mentor saying you have to learn how to do Hatha yoga. And then that will set you on the right path, right? Because that would be me imposing my beliefs onto you. Yeah. And your experience, right? What works for you. Exactly. So making it customized, making it personal. And I've heard women starting to say, if you meet a coach or a mentor that make you feel like their book is your new Bible (laughs) and their methods are the only way run the other direction as fast as you can. Yep. Find someone who's going to help you explore, uh, explore yourself to discover yourself and then explore what else is out there. So you use the word possibilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) What other possibilities are there? And, and even as a, I think good mentors and coaches and good support systems will openly say, I don't know all of what's out there. (laughs) Yep. So if you ever find something I don't know about, let's explore that too. I'm not mm-hmm. going to shame you and make you feel bad for it or let my ego jump out of control because I've never heard of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So it's about releasing. It's about letting go. And and when you use the word forgiveness, self-forgiveness. Oh my gosh. I just read in a in a book recently, a diff- a little bit different way of exploring and explaining self-forgiveness as a way to just release torture. It's so my interpretation of self-forgiveness came from a quote that I read probably nine years ago, right at, right at the very beginning of my self-discovery journey that said, holding a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And it still gives me like full body goosebumps. Cause I'm like, literally my whole life. That's what I did. Hold mm-hmm. grudges, be angry, place blame, be the victim. And it was like, the only person who's losing sleep over shit that happened 15 years ago is me. Mm-hmm. They don't even remember it, let alone care. Right. Right. It's like, why am I sitting here at one o'clock in the morning, just replaying what Sally from high school said to me in grade 10 in the hallway and embarrassed me. She hates me. I'm going to hold that. Can't trust women, blah, blah, blah. Like all those. And when I read that quote, it was like this portal of like, oh, that's what forgiveness is. It's not about the other person. Right. It's about learning to find peace in your body and also taking responsibility for our part in conflict that's occurred in our life and finding self-forgiveness. Yes. Right. And I love that. And I also just want to piggyback on what you said about exploring different modalities on the self-leadership, self-discovery journey. What I learned that helped me cope 10 years ago is vastly different than seven years ago, than four years ago, than three years ago, than last year. Because as we get to know ourselves on such a deep soul level, we expand and we find new ways to deepen our self-connection. So it is an explorative journey always. And like you said, it never ends. 
yeah. never ends people. <laughs> it's yeah. just deepening, always deepening. Yeah. I'm, I'm also, um, when I work with women, I also find it painful, um, to hear women say things like, like if I ask, did you try, did you try a journaling activity this week on your own? Did you try a meditation on your own or trying to get into that state of mind? And when women say to me, well, I don't think I breathe right. I don't think I can do this. And, and again, I go back to the imagery, the expectation of what society has put out there about what meditation, quote unquote, should look like. Mm-hmm. What a journaling exercise should lay out in your journal, like the structure of the writing. And, mm-hmm. and I just, again, it's painful to hear women say, well, no, I didn't even try it because I think I might do it wrong. Right. I'm like breathing, breathing. Yeah. No, just, just breathe, please. But so, I might do it wrong. I, and I, I, I just talked about this in a training yesterday that I did for my community and um, about how there literally is no right or wrong yeah. on this journey. The only wrong is giving up on yourself before you even started. Mm-hmm. And I always talk about removing the the beliefs around what is right and what is wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's why so much of my work is about self-connection. Like we already know what we need. We just have been so conditioned not to trust ourselves, not to listen to ourselves, that we have no access to our intuition, no access to our inner knowing. And so we legitimately believe that we're breathing wrong Mm -hmm. or that we are journaling wrong. Mm-hmm. or you know thinking what? wrong or thinking wrong. You know, my eight-year-old self didn't think about when I got my first diary, if I was doing it right, I was just like, <laughs> right. that girl was mean today. I like that boy today. You know, like I just let right myself, now. yeah, right <laughs> in now this in moment. this very moment, this is how I feel. And that's journaling yes. right there. It's like, yes. let your self-expression come out in a non- judgmental way, but there's, I think I just nailed it. There's where people get that right or wrong. That sense of right or wrong is like, Mm -hmm. there's so we've been so heavily as women judged all of our lives in all of the ways. Mm -hmm. And so we take it upon ourselves sometime between the ages of like 11 and 17 to start self-judgment. And then the world is judging us and we're judging us. And then we believe that we don't know left from right. Yes. And I love what you just said about like looking at the dichotomies, the, the, this or the, that it's black or it's white. Mm -hmm. So yes, we have polar opposites. We have opposing forces that helps us judge and make discernment and make decisions. But there's also an opportunity to start bringing opposites together in our own lives, right? If you're strong or you want to be strong, the opposite of that doesn't have to be, well, if I'm not strong today, I'm weak. What right. if it's I'm strong and I'm compassionate? Oh, duality. Those two are kind of opposing, right? So bring them together. I can be yeah. strong and compassionate. I can be whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be this or that. And then limit yourself to half of your potential. Right. Right. Based and- on someone else's rules. Right. Based on someone else's rules, someone else's judgment, someone else's expectation. Mm -hmm. 
someone else, someone else's belief systems that we've made our own. Yeah. And I love that. There is no, or so in my teaching, I call it duality. Can we walk with duality? Can we be in our power and be navigating sadness? Can we be in our power and be navigating disappointment? Can we be in our power and have a fight with our partner and be okay? Mm -hmm. Know that no matter what happens, we're going to be okay. We're going to be able to navigate both. And just because your real life is struggling doesn't mean that you can't show up for yourself. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean yeah. that. It means yeah. find the strength and the courage and the bravery and the power that you have access to and hold both. Mm-hmm. Because the more you learn to hold both realities, the more you're going to build trust in yourself that you can and that you're strong enough and that you're brave enough and that you're courageous enough and that you're worthy and that you are enough. Yeah. And the next time a shit storm comes your way, you're not going to be so afraid. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're building resiliency. You're building tenacity. You're building self-belief. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm going to ask you for your definition of self-leadership, but I want to share mine first because I'm really, I've really been working on honing it based on my practice. Yes. And so I keep getting image in my mind of a, of a triangle. And it's trust, belief, love equals self-leadership. Mm-hmm. Self-trust builds self-belief, which builds self-love, which creates a leader of her own life. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of looking back on my journey, that's what I did. I mm-hmm. learned to trust myself. The more I learned to trust myself, the more I learned to believe in myself, the more I learned to believe in myself and trust myself, the more I learned to love myself. All of those pieces made me a leader of my life. So I would love to hear your definition because leadership cultivation is your life. Self-leadership is your work. Um, It's only a component of my work. So let's dive into that. Your perception, your interpretation. I would love to. um, And this is fascinating. I, the other night, just had a conversation with someone who asked me, what is leadership? I said, how funny. I've never verbalized this out loud to anyone before. I think about it all the time. Yeah. And I lead the processes to develop it. But what is it really? And um, in, in a lot of the studying I've done, I'm amazed that in our world, there is not a consistent definition of leadership. The definitions that do exist are about meeting goals in an organization. Yep. System. That's it. Right. Yes, exactly. And basically the process to manipulate other people to meet those goals. (laughs) So, so what is leadership? I believe it starts like, imagine yourself the moment that you wake up the voices in your mind, what are you telling yourself? And based on what you're hearing from yourself, what do you do next? Mm-hmm. If you're in default mode of self-sabotage, self-criticism, self-judgment, do you have the ability to reclaim your power and say, no, no more of this, yeah. not today or whatever phase you're at in your life. So that that moment immediately when your eyes open you know that you're awake for the day. How are you leading yourself? And when you say that you visualize 
this triangle or this pyramid. Um, a few years ago, I had, when I was in a meditation with one of my mentors, this kind of epiphany of, um, like people say the soul is in the body. And I had this mentor explain it the other way, but what if our, if you're talking about like your auric field, your bioinformational field, what if your physical body actually sits inside of your soul? Cause you Whoa. can't see the soul. Right. Right. So as you expand that energy field, is that not your soul? Which means your soul is actually carrying your body, mm. even though your body might be the physical vehicle. Yeah. But regardless of your religious beliefs and spiritual practices, how is it that you are being led by your higher self, by your better self, or, or how is the mind, body, soul connected to lead itself? Yeah, and, I love it. Yeah, and, and from, from that aspect, it goes back exactly to what you said, trust. You have to it's love yourself and value yourself enough to trust yourself yep. and then go get life. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's really just the unbecoming of all of the shit that we've been taught in our life. Like we, from, from childhood, we're taught we're not trustworthy, right? We can't trust ourselves. And like, I have a toddler, so like he, he can't trust himself, you know? So there's like reality to that, you know, he's going to injure himself. He's going to do something dangerous. There's a level of truth to parent-child disconnect, um, in terms of building self-trust, in terms of building self-belief. And by the time they enter the school system, that essence of who they are is literally stripped away. It's taken, that feminine energy is taken from them and replaced with societal structure. You're to act a certain way. You're to earn your grades. You're to work hard to achieve and achievement makes you good. And then we lose that ability there. It doesn't exist anymore. So we get lost in the truth of who the, who are we? Yeah. Our personal truth is hidden underneath of cultural truth. Absolutely. And, you know, I love, I love this. I mean, I've been doing this work for 10 years, so we all know I love it, but um, <laughs> as a mother raising children. So my daughter is entering puberty, which means she's entering teenage drama, which means she's entering, you know, this is predominantly the age where women start to girls stop trusting other girls, right? They lose that connection from sisterhood and sacred sisterhood and develop conditioned beliefs around trust. And I'm also raising a son who I don't want him to lose his essence. I want him to have connection to his feminine energy. It's so powerful. That's where he knows how to lead himself. And so I'm just so grateful that I get to parent them differently, that I get to ask prompting questions like, well, what do you believe? What do you yeah. want? And change the narrative and, and try to give them a combative life, right? Not combative in the sense of, fighting, but fighting the structures. So out yes. of this home, you're going to have societal beliefs of achieve to be good enough. But in this home, you're going to have the belief, the safety and the love and the security and the connection of who you are is magnificent. So how can you toggle both worlds and not lose sight of your magnificence? Because like what Absolutely. a changing life, right? Mm -hmm. What an opportunity for these 
children, this next generation to not be 35 between 25 and 35 going, why do I, why do I hate myself? Why do I not know what's right? Why do I not understand how I did all the things and I don't like my life? Yeah, absolutely. And looking back for people who did have a lovely childhood, why was I happy when I was four? When did it change? I don't know when it caused the change. And like, guess what? Sometimes it is what our parents taught us. Yep. As much as we might love or hate our parents. Yep. They taught us. Right. And And what you just said, like you can choose then to parent differently. You can choose to live your own life differently because we have choice. That's right. (laughs) That's the most powerful tool. Yeah. And our parents, I have always been a firm believer. and, And sometimes this pisses people off particularly the ones that didn't have a great childhood. Um, but it validates the ones who did have a really great childhood and can't understand why they're not happy. Like I have no reason not to be grateful for my life, but I always say our parents did the best they could with what they knew and what they had. Mm -hmm. And even the most destructive family units, that is true. Because no mother brings a a child into this world and says, I'm going to make it my mission to break you and hurt you and do wrong by you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That process of bringing a a human into the world changes every possible narrative you've ever had in this life. So there's, I don't believe that there's a single woman in this world that said, I don't, I don't want that baby. I don't like that baby. I'm going to make its life a living hell. It's not real. What's real is they didn't have the coping skills. They didn't have the healing. They didn't have the self-leadership. They didn't have love. They didn't have the tools to set us up differently. Yes. But they did better than their parents and we do better than our parents, mm-hmm. right? What, when you know better, you do better. I hope my children do better than I did. And there, that's where forgiveness gets to come in. That's where we get to release that and say, nobody purposely wanted me to be miserable. Mm -hmm. Even in horrendous act, that's a self-serving act, not a reflection of intention to harm, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. and when we can really see things differently, when we can really cultivate a new belief system of, I get to choose my life. I'm in control of how I feel and where I go and what I do. There's a sense of power (laughs) and power, personal power is really, in my opinion, the avenue that, that makes us get out of bed and say, today is going to be a better day. It makes us desire a better life, desire to challenge those thought patterns, desire to challenge old paradigms, desire to to lead a different life. And that's where our beliefs uh, about leadership and self-leadership it's in the access to personal power that we get the strength to do the work, to find the modalities that serve us, to release the people, places, and things that no longer serve us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think as you're (laughs) talking about personal power, um, Things that can look really, really difficult in life, like leaving a job that's not great for you, 
it might from the outside look really challenging. Like I've been in this industry for 30 years. I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. Uh, this is what my degree from college tells me I'm allowed to do in the world. But once you do reclaim that personal power, no longer does that choice become difficult. It feels right. Yeah. 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 To, to release the people, places, things that no longer serve you, as you just said. I was like, yes, 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 yes. And it's interesting because the moment you get the, the bravery and the courage to like cut the cord on one person, place or thing that, yeah. that doesn't serve you. And you say, I can't take it another day. I've had enough. You expand your ability to see all of the people, places, and things that don't serve you. And some, at the beginning of this episode, I said, pack your, pack your bag and burn your shit to the ground. (laughs) That's what an awakening feels like, right? When you start to reclaim your power, you're like, and I'm done with that. 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 Because you start to see where you have built a life based on making other people happy or finding validation in someone else, finding worthiness in someone else. And in turn, a lot of the time we let people, places, and things treat us like shit for a mm-hmm. really, really long time. And then yeah. we take one step towards it and we're like, oh, I got no space for any of this. And that mm-hmm. is where power gets to be like, I, it's like the Phoenix rising from the flames, right? That <laughs> visual of like, whoosh, yes, that bee is legit on fire. She is not looking back. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. It's like, it's it's magic though. Yeah. Right. And as you were saying all of that, it's like, I was visualizing, imagine yourself standing in the middle of a spiral of dominoes Yeah. and the domino effect. When you said, no, 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 no. Like just the dominoes go down and you you don't have to tiptoe your life around those dominoes anymore. No. Right. Cause you're not going to set them off. They're just, they're done. They're down for the count. Yeah. Move on. And, and, it, and if some of them remain in your life, then you decide yep. how much time do they get? How much energy do they get? How much headspace do they get? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. one of the things that I see in my work um, and in my, my program, Love Yourself Fiercely, we talk about like burning shit to the ground a lot. And a lot of the things that I hear is resistance around, well, that's my sister. Well, we've been friends for 30 years. Well, that's my cousin who like, or that's my mom. She's been, how do I, how do I burn that to the ground? And that's exactly what you're saying is like, it doesn't have to be like a physical burning of people or a physical burning of of places. It's like create a a boundary, create a structure around protecting your energy And one of the beautiful things that I find is when we stand firm in our boundaries, when we stand firm in our own evolution, whether people like it, accept it, believe in it or not, what tends to happen is as you start to change and your energetic field becomes more magnetic and you're more authentically yourself, the women, people, places, and things that were like, what the fuck are you doing? All of a sudden are like, what the fuck are you doing? How do I have that? Yep. And that relationship with your mother, she sees possibility for a different level of communication. That relationship with your best friend, she, all of a sudden, she's like, wait a second. We came from the same place, but look at where you are now. Does that mean that's possible for me? Mm-hmm. And so they may not walk the journey with you right now, but that yes. doesn't mean you're not leaving footprints for them to follow. 
Yes. And when I started teaching that concept, people were able to believe in the possibility of you're not losing them forever. You're making space for when they're ready. Yes. I love that so much. And you have, you have to clear the space out and redesign it. You can't just let things fall back in because that's originally how it happened. Yep. Absolutely. And, and I'll just give one more example. So this lands for the listeners. When your children are learning to walk, every book says, expect them to walk around 12 months. Some babies walk at 10 months and we're like, wow, this baby's a genius. And then my chunky little fart didn't walk until 16 months. He was so chunky and he didn't really care. Am I supposed to look at that child and say, what the hell is wrong with you? You're doing this wrong. Like you are not meeting the book here. Get up, kid. Come on. You're embarrassing me. Get up. Mm -hmm. We would literally never, we would never ever feel that way about our children, especially, you know, if anything, it's like, let me make sure development's on track and that we will do everything that we can to make sure that our children are thriving. But why don't we do that same? Why don't we have that same concept of belief for our own evolution and, and for the people who aren't ready to come on the journey? It's like, it's not their time to walk yet. Yeah. They're not ready. And developmentally. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And developmentally, like you just said, uh, and, and developmentally can mean holistically, like, where are you? Where is your being? But at, at other with with other people sometimes or even ourselves as adults like look at developmentally in in your financial practice right like my yeah. skills financially are equivalent to that of a 10 year old starting a lemonade stand yeah but my spiritual development is like right. that of right yeah just they can be so so different so once again Where's the opportunity to start bringing all of that back together? Yeah. And I believe that's where thriving happens when you can start to see your developmental age and all these different aspects of who you are, they're not aligned. So however you want to look at alignment, you can do it again, a million different ways. Yep. Yeah. Get yourself together, collect yourself. Exactly. And you know, again, coming back to full acceptance of all parts, if you are operating at the level of a teenager with your finances, accept that, get help if you desire to be better at it, find strategy that meets you where you're at, celebrate the shit out of yourself for spiritually being far beyond your years, mm-hmm. and create a sense of wholeness in your love for yourself. Yes, yes in the discovery of yourself and the evolution of yourself, you know, this life that we are so blessed to live is really just an opportunity to continue to evolve. Mm-hmm. Um, and so be okay with that. Leave footprints along the way for those you love to meet you where you are when they're ready. Yes. And isn't that inspiration? And I believe that's what leaders do instead of that manipulation, like you not only inspire yourself, but the footprints that you leave, that's inspiration. That's an openness and an invitation for someone else to try it, not to try it just like me, but to say, Hey, you might discover something great about yourself too. Yeah. Yeah. And full circle moment. When we talk about those, 
really rich women in the industry making self-love look like extravagant extravagant spa days or extravagant vacations. It's like, Mm -hmm. they also are leaving possibility. They're leaving footprints of possibility. So if we all believe wholeheartedly that our evolution is leaving a path for another woman to trust her own evolution on this Mm -hmm. journey, then we've opened up every possible avenue for all of us to rise together, for all of us to grow together. And that is a world that I desire to live in. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm still also thinking about something that is so important in the world right now in that that age around 11, might be a few years before or a few years after where girls start to distrust each other. And you even use the term sisterhood, Mm -hmm. right? So I also see what we're talking about right now as the opportunity to model for girls <laughs> how yeah. to start seeing around the mean yeah. girl trend whatever whatever version that might be called today <laughs> i just still mean stick girl with, right, stick with what i know but <laughs> yeah but why 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 is that the narrative and back yep. and to what how you said what we, are the other options right and how can we mm-hmm. really start to redefine um feeling safe with other women, feeling safe with other girls. How can we really transmute the popular girl belief, Mm -hmm. the normalization of a certain number of girls being above the rest. Mm -hmm. Therefore she can treat the rest a, a, a certain way. And I think as we change what connection with women looks like and we model that and we embody that then we actually are bringing that into our homes right Mm -hmm. and you know that goes back to the way I I'm parenting we talk about that a lot with my daughter it's like whoa we don't like would you talk to me that way as your mom Mm -hmm. no then we really shouldn't talk to our friends that way or we really shouldn't talk to ourselves that way or how can we how can we show up today filled with love for the people we care about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just changing the narrative. We t- and with my daughter specifically, she has a wonderful group of friends. They all desire to be kind. And then she's got a couple that like teeter that line of, I'm like, Ugh, you give me the heebie jeebies. It's like a flashback. And so we talk, mm-hmm. I talk to her all the time about the way we treat people. And the way we allow others to treat us, if somebody does something to your friend that you think is shady, you get to say, that's shady. We don't treat people that way Mm -hmm. and change the narrative and, and, and really open the dialogue around that doesn't make us nice people. Mm -hmm. So how can we really just love each other for where we are and what we're doing and how we support each other and how we see each other and how we grow together? with different 11 year old language, but that also translates heavily to our generation because our generation has no trust in women Yep, because of those narratives. And that is, I, I literally take it upon my personal mission to change that in my work and change that in my communities. It was the hardest lesson I had to learn in my journey was that it was safe to trust other women safe Mm -hmm. to be seen by them. It's safe (laughs) to be heard by them. It's safe to be 
the one that makes the most money in the room, the one that makes the least money in the room, the one that's the most beautiful in the room, the least beautiful in the room, whatever, right? There's like so many narratives for our generation around lack of safety with other women. And now that I have that, now that I've allowed myself freedom to feel safe, we have connection like this. Yeah. Right. And these conversations expand us, expand the listeners, expand our communities, expand our conversation, our connection now has a ripple effect across the world. Mm -hmm. And if we make it our mission to continue to have these conversations, to continue to network with other really strong women, to continue to build community of women where they're accepted at all costs, like we're, we're knocking shit off kilter and that's amazing for our Mm -hmm. future. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm thinking right now about uh, a few years ago when I was back teaching, I was at one school district. My mom's a superintendent at a different school. And one night we were having a conversation about like, why don't people in our communities want change? Why don't they want to see innovation? Why isn't their focus on kids actually developing personally and academically and growing as a human being? And my dad stepped into the conversation and he said, well, because everybody wants to think back to like homecoming or Friday night lights at the football game or what it was like to be part of (laughs) whatever happened in high school, even if the memories aren't great there are again these narratives of like in 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 our school systems mm-hmm. homecoming is this week of celebration and blah 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 but what if we redesigned it why does it have to be about a king and a queen and the cool kids on the homecoming court yeah <laughs> why couldn't it just be a celebration of what's right. great at our school a yeah. a community of kids that are learning and growing so just such a a fascinating I take little lessons that little phrases my dad doesn't say a lot but when he does it's usually like a lesson that I'm gonna keep with (laughs) me it's like a profound little nugget you're gonna it's just gonna like fester in there for about a week (laughs) yeah exactly so I was like yeah why but why does it have to be that way and how do we start to change that stuff Mm -hmm. and it's it's back to what we're talking about here is self-leadership if you can change it inside of yourself somehow you're going to start that ripple effect around you and and lift up enough voices to voice the concern and say, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to dismantle that. Yeah. Time to totally cut it out and build a new one. You know, build a new one. Build a new one. Start, right? It's like, leave the footprints to the new paradigm. And at the beginning, you said, you know, it makes me angry. I just want to fight it. And one of the things that um, one of my mentors says, and it like blew my mind and cracked me wide open in a different perspective is she always says, we don't fight. Women have been fighting for their rights back for 5,000 years. We don't fight anymore. We just go a different way. We go a different way. And those who are ready will follow and the ripple effect will grow. Right. Mm -hmm. you only fight for something that you want to win. That's like win or lose, right? That's the the belief, but the, the silent restructuring is always the most powerful. 
Yes. Right. Like think about the yeah. corporate world. It's like somebody comes in and they're louder and they're boisterous and everybody's like, what the hell? But then that new boss comes in, that new CFO or CEO comes in. And before you know it, eight people don't work there anymore. And everyone's like, good Lord, I'm going to do this exactly by the book. My job is on the line. The dis <laughs> silent dismantling. Yes. And so, you know, that if we as women can switch that and say, if I can lead myself to the new paradigm and I can bring five beautiful souls with me. And so now six of us are creating six communities of ripple yes. effect and then ripple effect and then ripple effect. All of a sudden, the old paradigm doesn't have power anymore. Yes. And that's and, just it. And we didn't have to do anything. We didn't have mm -hmm. to fight anyone. We just had to stand tall in our power, stand tall in our ability to see our own worth, see our own love, see our own value in this world and lead ourselves to better mm -hmm. and love ourselves to better. Yes. And that's a wild ride if you ask me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it sure is. And then when you step into the love and the power, it gets crazier. Yeah. L little less darkness, but when the yeah. darkness hits, you know how to navigate it. And the joy is bigger than you could ever have imagined. Mm. Absolutely. And I'm just going to highlight that last point before we wrap this up, because I could talk to you all day. Um, you just said um, in the darkness, it gets easier. And I think that's a beautiful point to leave everybody at on this journey of self-discovery, self-love, self-evolution, dark times will still exist. The difference is you will always know that you can get yourself back into the light. There will be no fear that you're not going to make it anymore because you see yourself in your strength and you will always know that no matter what happens, you will be okay again. And if we can leave that sense of self-trust in every woman we touch, holy shit, life changes. Yep. Amen. There's nothing else to say. Right. I was like, that's a perfect that's the journey. That's the journey. That's the journey. Samantha, tell people where you love to hang out and also how they can work with you. Mm -hmm. I love to hang out on Instagram. My Instagram handle is the same as my website, which is samanthalouise.co. So either place you can find me. And I would love to invite women um, to a, a women's leadership circle that I have come and try it out see what it's like for you um, if it fits I would love for your audience to like give them a code or something to join oh that would uh, be amazing for a little bit different angle if that's if anyone's interested in that let me know but yeah I first just love to build authentic relationships like this so me too I will make yeah. sure that all of that info is in the show notes for you. Come and get into Samantha's world. Thank you so much for being here today, for carving out this space for your self-development. I hope you love yourself fiercely and fully today and every day. We'll see you on the next episode.